It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, Mike Lombardi, getting some well-deserved vacation time in. But in his seat, we have another Michael, Mike Palm, VP of operations here at Circa. Of course, VEASAN host. You know him. You love him. And you have been doing the rounds over the last 24 hours, my guy. You've been very busy on VEASAN. Well, yeah, all the flagship shows, the prime time, follow the money. And now get to sit in for you uh, with you for two hours on Lombardi line. I have to tell you, Michael, that's a working vacation, though. I mean, he's killing it with Femi on... On the GM shuffle. Monday's episode was off the hook. It was, yeah, it was really good. And it was funny, JVT in here tweeting at Michael Lombardi. Hey, I thought you were on vacation. What are you doing? Still, <laughs> still working. Why am I in this chair if you're not on there? So, um, good stuff. I'm excited when he comes back. When Michael comes back from Utah, he's going to be in Las Vegas with us in person and do the show for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. Want to make sure we, we've got lots of NFL, obviously, to get to today, some NBA news and notes, but college hoops is kind of reigning supreme right now with all of the games that are going on in conference tournaments. It's a big uh, quarterfinal day, and we have three games that are about to tip off momentarily. So, Mike, want to get your thoughts on some of these, starting with Wake Forest and Miami. Um, Miami from 5.5 now to 6.5 point favorite. It looks like 157.5. And, and Wake, of course, knocked Syracuse out yesterday. We'll get to Jim Beheim in a moment. Yeah, coming off the big victory, they met February 18th in Miami. Miami covered as a 6.5 point favorite, 96 87. I think Miami's the best team in the ACC. I think they've been the most consistent. I know 
Duke's peaking right now. NC State looked great last night. Um, the number yeah, here is did. probably pretty fair. Uh, you get two, you know, it, I always say it's tough to bet against the North Carolina teams when they play in Greensboro or they play in Charlotte. There's a big advantage for those in the quad there, those four teams. So, you know, up to seven and a half here, Miami. You have to, you have to understand Wake's got a little bit of a home crowd there here. I think it's a tad high. I passed on this game. If you uh, told me I, I had to make a choice, I'd probably take the seven and a half with Wake. Yeah, and it has, like, that number's just grown and grown, <laughs> it seems like. So the higher it goes, maybe the points are of interest. Miami will say, though, won eight and nine coming into the conference tournament, which did include a pair of top 25 wins, but I... Certainly get the perspective being there in the Carolinas. Um, in the Big East, also at 9 a.m. Pacific, um, supposedly tipping off. Like I'm looking at all the TV screens to see if we're missing <laughs> anything, if it has or, or not. On FS1, this one at Madison Square Garden, St. John's against number six, Marquette. And this number has gone up a lot in Marquette's favor as well. I want to say up to eight right now. They just played five days ago in Milwaukee, and um, they couldn't cover the big number. Tell me why this number, this total, Stormy, 162, 162 and a half. What am I missing here? They played a 190-point <laughs> game, and they played a 181-point game. I mean, don't you have to just play the over here? Well, and in that game played five days ago, the 96-94, that was a total set in, like, the mid-150s, I believe. hundred and half, I think. I, I just, I think you just, you, you know... Autoflex here and play the over here, and if you you know get you well, can adjust people, in people game. Clearly, are it's gone up like yeah. three points since this morning, so it keeps on going. Um, I have a futures ticket. I'm high on this Marquette team now. I mean, okay. they're not the top defensive team in the, but they can score with anybody. I got them. I got them at uh, twenty eight to one here uh, about a week ago. I still think you can find them out there around twenty five to one. I mean, they're all all the way up to number six in the polls, but uh, I think they'll be a tough out in the tournament. Any concern with a number this big at the now eight and a half that we're seeing as, as tip-off approaches here, especially considering the way they lost a 10-point lead in the last 30 seconds um, of that last me meeting with St. John's? Yeah, you they know, won the, the game by two, but... Yeah, they were only a three-point favorite when they played at Carneseca uh, just after the first of the year, and they covered that number by uh, 11. I couldn't take the points here. Let's play the over, though, and have yeah. some fun. I'm not an over player, so let's do something different and watch the points go up and down Life's here. Life's too short to yeah. bet the under, as they say. Uh, Marquette, 17-3 and three in league play. St. John's, 7-13. and 13. One seed versus eight seed in this contest. But, yes, uh, over money is being taken and could very well be the side based on previous meetings this season. In the Big 12, uh, quarterfinal Iowa State and Baylor. Baylor, four-and-a-half-point favorite, total around 134 um, heard you this morning that you like Iowa State in this spot. Well, I'm concerned now because I see in our preview, Will Hill's on the other side here. He's on Baylor. We're going to have him on. Uh, That'll be a nice debate. In, a, in about 25 minutes. Well, he's, I mean, he's super hot. He's two games up with 10 to go in Matt Eumann's Friday night college basketball contest uh, for a right to win the cabana here during the summer at Circa. Not quite the $25,000 payout of the football one, but I just think this is a bad matchup for Baylor. I mean, they were two two-and-a-half-point favorite when they went to Ames. Iowa State beat them by 15. Then on senior day at Farrell five days ago, Iowa State was in full control the whole way as a seven-point a seven dog there. I just think it's a real bad matchup. You might argue it's tough for Iowa State. You beat them three times. you got to turn around. But let's not forget these guys from – from Ames. This is a three-hour drive to Kansas City. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit like a home This game. is Hilton South, they yeah. call it, to go down there, whether it was Kemper or it's T-Mobile. Uh, I think Kansas and actually Iowa State over Kansas State has the second biggest home court there. I love the Big 12 tournament or the Big 8 when it was. I thought Kemper was the greatest site. You know, the ACC always moved around. This has been a solid site. I know they went to Dallas for a few years when they expanded to the Texas 
in Oklahoma schools. I think this is one of the great venues and great conference tournaments. It's the best league this year. Absolutely. You got, I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State, but they could knock out anybody on any given night. TCU-Kansas State's a great game mm-hmm. uh, tonight. All of them are great matchups. This is a, a, a hell of an appetizer at 930 in the morning Pacific time that we're going to get to see while we're on air. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a ton <laughs> of fun. And uh, I saw this note this morning also, by the way, in the Big 12 tournament. Teams laying four points or more has been a risky proposition, so this helps you out. While favorites are 28 and 11 straight up since 2014, just 14 and 25 against the number. Um, Oklahoma State also later in the day getting six points against Texas. They kept it close against Baylor and K-State recently, so maybe the plus points worth a look there too. I, th- I think also this Iowa State's a, a team you know them by halftime. Because of the way the defensive style they play, it's hard for them when they get down six or eight, but in the same time they can protect those leads. I don't mind, a, you know, if you can find plus two and a half first half here as well uh, as a first half play as opposed to a full game play. Uh, the favorite in the league and the defending tournament champions in the NCAA tournament, mm. um, Kansas, Bill Self, uh, we got news a little bit before the show began that he was hospitalized dealing with an illness. Um, he, he's okay right now, but not going to coach today's game, which is notable because they're not sure what that means moving forward in the conference tournament or beyond either, um, but hospitalized as of right now. I think... Uh... It might be telling later in the tournament whether he can continue on or not. Different situation than what happened with Texas Tech with Mark Adams, him being removed from the team, suspended, whatever. He's probably all done there uh, with some of the -the off-the-court things and and statements and, and, and actions. I think that was very disruptive to their prep for the tournament, and it showed last night. Uh, against West Virginia. I don't think this is a big effect today, but as you go on in the tournament, take note of whether Self will be on the bench tomorrow or or Saturday. And again, in the release from the university, they did say that Self is doing well and recovering. He's, quote, receiving great care at the University of Kansas Health System. So hopefully he is okay in general, um, let alone to be able to rejoin his team. But, you know, sending our our good thoughts his way. Also, uh, in the coaching sphere... Hmm. Jim Beheim, uh, done as Syracuse's head coach after 47 seasons, second most wins in NCAA history, trailing only Coach K, fourth most NCAA tournament wins in history uh, as well. The last time Syracuse had a different head coach, Gerald Ford was president. So it's been a while. He's been there 17 years longer than I've been alive. Yeah, think about when when the Big East was just coming to prominence, when it formed and immediately became a hit. Before the ACC was the dominant conference for decades, you know, when Mishashevsky started to build the Duke program, I mean, he's outlasted everybody. Yeah. He's outlasted John Thompson, long gone, Bill Rafferty in the booth. Rick Pitino's had five other jobs, maybe more than that. I can't count them on two hands. Um, but you, you think about it, Raleigh Massimino, Louis Carnesecca, some of them are no longer even around. He survived. I, I do say 47 years, 12 conference titles. The five Final Fours feel a little light. Maybe the story on Beheim is different if Smart doesn't hit the shot and they win it in 87. One of the, one of the most memorable games of my youth, and I was a huge North Carolina fan, uh, Dean Smith fan, was that East Regional Final at the Meadowlands, or Brindenburn, what they called it at the time. Carolina was ranked second in the country. UNLV was number one. They make the Final Four but get eliminated by Indiana. Carolina was a six-point favorite to Syracuse. They just couldn't stop Ronnie Cycli that day. That was the, the Ronnie Cycli, Derek Coleman team, uh, Sherman Douglas, you know. Uh, but it was a great regional final. Syracuse built up a big lead and held on late, uh, and then they lose. But uh, interesting, I mean, he was a guy that will be known for his his zone defense and 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 never changing it. And uh, 
a lot of opinions on Jim Beheim as a person, but certainly the tenure, second longest yeah. all-time uh, to Jim Phelan at Mount St. Mary's, who coached there 49 years. Yeah, the longevity, really mm-hmm. incredible. And I mean, at 78 years old to probably time, especially when you consider Syracuse largely, I mean, mediocre regular seasons made up for it a little bit with tournaments, you know, went to, to Sweet 16 a couple years ago, but but probably time and just a, a great overall tenure, I would say. Former player and current associate head coach Adrian Autry immediately is going to take over the gig now. Now he's been on the staff since uh, 2017. Remember the guy that's at Washington? He was the coach in waiting, the assistant for 20 years, and he got tired of waiting, <laughs> took the Washington job. It's amazing the ACC stormy in, t- in the span of two years. You lose Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, and Beheim. Yeah, it's like the end of an era. Jay Wright retires, maybe early, maybe he'll be back. I'm sure he'll be great in the booth. Um, who's the next wave of these coaches? I was thinking about it today, and I actually had Bill Self in that conversation. Who's the next in the next three or four years, the next wave retiring of, of the Giants of the game? Um, maybe health's an issue there, too. Yeah, well, I mean, you would hate for that to be mm-hmm. the reason, but um, <laughs> we just pulled the tweet up. BetMGM apparently says, Jim Behan, the most overrated coach in history. So, BetMGM, shots they, fired. Are they contracting out Jeff Benson <laughs> to do their Twitter now, too? I mean, what what an assassin. Oh, here. not even just in basketball. The most ever, overrated ever. coach in the history of organized team sports. There you go. Calling him out. What was, I mean, was he really that overrated? Does people think he's on the Mount Rushmore? I never heard anybody say that. I mean, I, you know, I don't even know if he's on the Mount Rushmore in, in the ACC slash Big East and in his own conference. So it is crazy though. Those coaches you mentioned, like that's my entire life watching coach basketball, uh, watching college basketball and crazy to think that they're not a part of it anymore. We're going to step aside here real quickly. We will get to the news of the day in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets uh, post and report from Diana Rossini and more when we come back here on the Lombardi. Don't go anywhere. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted on specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Rolling along here on the Lombardi Line. Stormy Bonantoni and Mike Palm in. And um, this morning in the NFL, Diana Rossini was tweeting and uh, reporting about the meeting that took place yesterday between Aaron Rodgers and the Jets brass ownership and general manager that flew out to California to meet with him and said that there is optimism. The Jets organization is on the brink of landing the future Hall of Fame quarterback. They felt it was important to meet in person and Woody Johnson left the meeting excited and satisfied about a potential match. So obviously they are working on conversations about what that compensation would be, but this has gone Mike from something that seemed, Hey, would they, won't they pie in the sky to more tangibly that this is, is probably going to happen here. Yeah. I like your word. Probably. I mean, don't all three sides want to get this done? Yeah. The jets obviously do. They're all in the whole organization was there to see them. I mean, they took like 40 people. Um, I think Rogers wants out of Green Bay, and I think Green Bay is ready to move on. I, 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 I think they're confident enough in love to turn over the reins right now. And so, 
I kept trying to to broker this deal where Rodgers would go to Dallas just because he's such a short-term option. And and are the Jets really think they're ready to win right now? Uh, I tried to get a deal where it would re- reunite him with McCarthy because, you know, Jerry Jones' span is also very short. And just talking about how many more opportunities is he going to have, I think he has a team that's built uh, to win now um, with a quarterback upgrade. And I think the Jets would have a huge quarterback upgrade in Dak uh, if you could broker that three-way deal with Green Bay. Lombardi said, no, they're not going to settle for uh, Dak in New York. They want Rodgers, and Jerry Jones isn't going to pay Rodgers. For, for, you know, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty uh, tight with the dollar. And he's Jerry not, Jones also has a weird obsession with Dak. He's not going to admit he's wrong on Dak either. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, But uh, this looks like all but done here right. to, to me. And it's one of those things where with Green Bay, like you mentioned, like they wouldn't be as publicly vocal about how much they love Jordan Love and that he's ready to go and mm-hmm. that he's, you know, ready to be a starter yeah. in the NFL if they didn't feel this way because we know all the back and forth that they've had with Aaron Rodgers over the last two off seasons and that Jordan Love was the reason that a quote unquote reason as to why his flip switched the way that it did because he wasn't getting the pieces that he wants. Instead, you guys are drafting my successor. And so for them to be as vocal in support of him and to accept um, and allow the Jets to go have that conversation with him in California, I think speaks volumes. It's a strange imbalance of quarterbacks in the leagues, in the conferences now, if Rodgers moves to the AFC, right? I mean, the NFC is sort of bereft at that position. He comes in, Rodgers comes into a conference where he's got to compete to get to the Super Bowl against Pat Mahomes, against Joe Burrow, against Justin Fields, against, um, I'm sorry, against uh, Justin Herbert, uh, in his own conference. Uh, And in the NFC, you look and you say, Jalen Hurts and then who? I mean, is Derek Carr the second best quarterback in the NFC right now? It's it's an interesting debate. So I was going to ask you, in the conference, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, Uh where do you think that they stack up? Like what, what, how big of a, how significant of a jump is that? Because the Jets as an organization certainly made big strides and they were held back by the quarterback position. So yeah. where does, where does Lamar go? I think that's still, still a big if, does he stay, does he, I know they came out and the report in Miami, the two is their guy, the system's built for two. Uh, I don't know, but I think that he, Lamar would be a great fit in Miami. I mean, how long can you keep the next injury for two? It yeah. might be the last one, right? It's, it's a scary situation with two. I don't know about you, but when I watch him on the football field now, like I, I don't want him to play hesitant. anymore. Seriously, yes. I don't want him to play anymore. How much we all more? know it was three concussions. It yep, wasn't two. Correct. Um, so uh, obviously Kansas City's still right at the top of the conversation in the conference. Is Buffalo's window closing? Uh, they haven't been able to produce in the playoffs. Obviously Jacksonville is a team that's on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati's right there still, right? They make the conference championship game. I don't know that you. St- does does Rodgers make the Jets a top three team in the AFC? Does he make them? I a think top you could make that argument. Five team is that? Are they four or five? Uh, I'm not ready to say. Oh, I'm going to go bet the Jets at twelve to one or whatever they're going to come down to if they sign Rodgers at this point to well, win the Super Bowl. And they're coming down. The numbers are. I mean, from twenty five mm-hmm. to one a week ago yeah. to eighteen to one. Now I'm yeah. seeing sixteen to one mm-hmm. at BetMGM. I don't know where you guys are at exactly right here at Circa on their number, but it's even just the thought of him coming to the Jets yeah. is continuing to push that market. So it'll, it'll be an interesting thing to follow. Certainly uh, 
Why are you laughing? Well, we got rope-a-doped with Rogers before with Denver and all. I mean, you know, <laughs> the Green true. Bay, Minnesota, well, that's all a big, that, I mean. But that's a big part of it, <laughs> yeah. too, because a big reason with Denver was the Nathaniel Hackett side of things. And yeah. then that's and obviously pulling here, was reporting it too. was happening. And, you know, we actually made the move that it was happening. Yeah. And, and it had to reverse quickly. One good thing about um, this situation with Aaron Rodgers, though, I would say, because Nathaniel Hackett is here, while everybody else is going to be learning new terminology and the offense that he wants to have there, Rodgers is already going to have that. So that will make the transition a little bit more seamless. Um, it'll be interesting to see how things play out. I want to make sure we get to your soccer yeah. plays, though, here real quickly, and we have some NBA well, news as well. Well, yeah, let's go to Ja first. I okay. think this is very interesting because I want to ask you about it once you, you give the details. Okay, so Ja Morant, uh, Memphis Grizzlies star, obviously will not be charged by Glendale, Colorado police following the investigation of his actions at that local nightclub. We saw him have the gun on the Instagram Live. Um, one of just a number of off-court incidences that Jaw's been dealing with right now. The team announced he'll miss four more games at least, so that puts him at least out until Friday, but the NBA is still doing their investigations separate from that, and we saw the news with the CBA that if you have a firearm on an NBA premises, which would count as a team plane, if that is how he brought it, automatic 50 games. Right. So, I, I mean, they're just stalling the NBA decision here. I think that could be the full season. How did he get the gun to Denver if it didn't go on the plane? Obviously, the gun was on the plane. And I think that Memphis right now is hamstrung into, into suspending them until the NBA makes a decision whether they're going to clear him or not. I don't know if Memphis was viable in the West here. It seems like it, it can kind of be a two-horse race between Phoenix and Denver. And the L.A. teams are sort of on the periphery there. You know, the Lakers playing a little bit better now. Are they sustainable? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Clippers... Uh, have a lot of talent on that team as as well. I don't think it's a positive sign, though. I would be in a fade Memphis mode right now if I'm a futures better. Absolutely. And it's insane to think about. We heard about the players only meeting that Steven Adams is talking to the group and he's warning everybody, hey, let's be smart on the road. Everybody knows who he's talking about and that it's John Morant. And then this this ultimately is what happens. He did make a statement taking responsibility for his actions, saying that he's, you know, going to figure out, what did he say, the the best way to work on his overall well-being and deal with stress. Um, and, and something we talked about with JVT on the show yesterday was like last season, we all talk about how good Memphis was without John Morant, 20 and five straight up in those games. This season is not the same four and seven without him. They don't have a lot of those same depth pieces that they previously had. They have guys injured. They need him on the court and they don't have him in what is a very congested Western conference right now with a lot of opportunity and flexibility with those seating numbers. So um, also yesterday, the uh, Suns, Kevin Durant, <laughs> injured in pregame warmups and we don't know the level um i've seen some reports that they think it's a grade two ankle sprain which could mean four to six weeks but he's getting an mri today so tbd on the future of kd after his non-existent son's home debut yeah i mean hopefully for him it's not six weeks and they can get some sort of a rhythm going before the playoffs and he gets to play with his new teammates i know they were three and oh without him and one easily last night at home you did mention the soccer i have two soccer plays so it's europa today not as strong an angle as Champions League because it's not as much on the line, but they are first legs again as they get to the round of 16. So this, for people that don't bet soccer, Champions League are the top teams from each of the divisions or the top flight in each country come together and, and, and play in a tournament to become champions of Europe. Then the next tier, whether it's your three and four team from a league, if you're a major league or your five, six, seven, eight teams play in a Europa, which is the secondary uh, continental tournament. So they're down to the 16. 
but this is a first leg. So in soccer, it's a two-match two total cumulative score playing each at the other's home home arena. First legs always tend to be lower scoring because teams are conservative. You don't want to get behind two goals going into the second leg, so they tend to be more defensive and nervy. Two matchups today that I bet. Uh, the first one, I call this the Blessed Union of Souls in Berlin. This is Union Berlin from Bundesliga against Union saint croix That accent, is, incredible. Oh, yeah, the Belgian, the Belgian stalwart. These two teams played in Europa Conference League last year. They both played um, in Berlin, one nothing. the San Joao won, and then in Belgium, one nothing. Union Berlin won. This is 0-0, one nothing written all over, over it, under two and a half. And then the other game is Real Sociedad, Real Saucy, I call them, from Ooh. Spanish La Liga, taking on AS Roma from Serie A, as Bruce Marshall said, who was on Follow the Money earlier, also under two and a half. Jose Mourinho, the great Mourinho, the Portuguese coach for Roma, a very compact defensive style. I don't expect goals in this game either. Awesome stuff. I thought hockey names were tough. They're tougher for me. Wow. Tennis names are the worst. Tennis. <laughs> so much more still to come here this hour. Will Hill is going to join us next, and we'll get into Josh Edwards, NFL draft analyst, at the end of the hour. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line on Vsin, the sports betting network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on Vsin, the sports betting network. We're rolling along here on a Thursday. Remember, everybody, before you make your next bet, you need to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving each game? The betting splits page is updated with odds every 10 minutes, so you can see the changes in action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Stormy Bonantoni and Mike Palm on the desk as we welcome in friend of the show, Will Hill at not the Will Hill on Twitter, VEASAN contributor and handicapper. And uh, we need to just jump in fast and furious before we can congratulate you on how well you're doing with the contest because we have a game that is about to tip off in a moment. Iowa State and Baylor going head to head uh, in the Big 12 quarterfinals in Kansas City. What you got here, buddy? Yeah, I like Baylor, and I've been listening to the show. So Mike made some good points about Iowa State. You're going to get a good home crowd contingent here with Iowa State. I just think the reason I'm betting Baylor here is they were embarrassed four or five days ago on senior night. Uh, they got swept in the regular season. Now, you could say it's a bad matchup, and it might be. I might just be on the wrong side of this. But I think, you know, watching the game Saturday, I think the zone I Iowa State played really gave Baylor some fits. I think seeing it twice in a week now will be a little easier to solve. And, you got to give Baylor a little bit of a motivational edge here. I know they don't play much defense, but when you got a motivated Baylor team, you figure, you know, you can string together some stops. Uh, they're really good on offense. And just the fact that they were embarrassed so thoroughly on Saturday, I think gives them a little bit of a motivational edge. And that's, that's sort of why I like them here. All right, Mike, you got to go back and forth. What, it's a rumble. What did they learn from the zone when they played on new year's Eve in Ames and got run out by 15 points? I just think it's a bad matchup. Will I'm, you know, I like Baylor. I actually think Baylor could make a deep tournament run here. I like them a lot. I mean, they were up 18 in the first half uh, at the Fog. And, you know, that game, the whole world was on Kansas in the same. We opened that like six, seven, seven, seven and a half. It just, it was a runaway here. I think this is just a great appetizer to start the day off at 930 Pacific. Uh, and you've been super red hot. So it, it gives me pause uh, that you're on the other side. I just think it's it's a bad matchup here. Before we get into your other plays, I have a, a more of a macro question for you. Uh, when you're watching games and reputations aside, are there any coaches that you have more confidence in in college basketball at managing games? Meaning about 
understanding two-for-ones, fouling when they're up three, these type of in-game strategies that you think maybe they're underrated that give you an edge when you have that team? Oh, sure. I mean, I think I have more that I don't like than I like, mm -hmm. and I, I'm betting on one right now, a game that's going on, St. John's. I'm itching not to look at my phone because I got a first-half line, so I'm hoping they're, uh, they were down one last I saw. I don't like the coach, though. I don't like Anderson. I think uh, once they lose today, tomorrow, whenever it is, it'll probably be today. They're going to have a new coach pretty quickly. So uh, he's one I don't like. There's a bunch I don't like. I was actually impressed with Woodson the other day, up three foul uh, against, what was it, Michigan on Sunday. Drives me nuts when these teams up three don't foul. So you know, I think Woodson ha has been impressive. Self is sort of a polarizing guy between the Sharps. I know Alan Boston is a guy who's always been sort of down on self, but I think he makes good adjustments, so I think he's pretty good. So, yeah, I, I got a long list of, of ones I like and I don't like, and it, it certainly uh, factors into the handicap. And hoping for Bill Self, anybody who's just joining us yeah. and might have missed earlier in the show, he is hospitalized, currently will not be coaching the quarterfinal game today, um, and we'll see moving forward if he's able to get out there sooner rather than later. Wishing all good things for Coach Self. And uh, St. John's, by the way, so you don't have to check your phone. We have it Thank up here. Uh, 20 to 16, St. John's leading with just under 10 minutes yes, in the first half go. to go. Good so, you took the cue, too. That was very professional on your part. I appreciate it. <laughs> Got your back, my friend. Um, let's keep it in the Big 12. TCU and K-State going head-to-head. -head. TCU, two-point favorite in this one, minus 130 on the money line. Total, 146 and a half. Not tipping off until later on this evening, 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. What you got? I love this TCU team. The, the situation with Lampkin obviously is a concern, but to me, they're just better than Kansas State. I know Kansas State beat them in the regular season a month or so ago, but uh, TCU was all banged up. I think when they got all their ducks in a row and they're healthy, they're good. It's just about as good as anyone. You don't go to Kansas and win by 25 or whatever points without being really good. And they can play different ways. They can play in the half court. They can play full court. They could shoot a little bit. Uh, Dixon's a coach who... Look, he never went all the way with Pittsburgh, but to, to revive TCU, to win at Pittsburgh's not easy. Uh, I, I think he's a pretty good coach, so I think to you, TCU wins this game. Kansas State's at one of these teams. They're really good at home, bad on the road, so, I mean, it sort of falls in between here with a neutral game. Uh, I know it's, you know, in, in their neck of the woods there, but it's not that same home crowd they're used to when they're playing in their own building. Uh, so I will take TCU here. I think they win. Well, underrated tournament, the Big East. I think it's terrific. We're, you're sweating this game in Madison Square Garden. Next game on the docket after St. John's Marquette. UConn taking on Providence. Providence beat them at the Dunkin' Donuts Center uh, back in January as a five-and-a-half-point dog by 12. UConn crushed them as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in stores, 87-69, uh, in February 22nd. Similar line here, laying seven with the Huskies. I think this is a home game for UConn. UConn usually has a really good contingent in Madison Square Garden. And if you look at the matchup, and it's funny, UConn's two different teams. They were pre-conference tournament, pre-conference regular season, and during the conference regular season. Back in November, Thanksgiving, that, you know, pole, uh, the uh, the Portland tournament, they were absolutely, you know, unbeatable. They hit a low in conference play. They're back to being that team they were at the beginning of the year. And if you look at the last matchup, they killed Providence on the offensive glass. So, uh, I, I think when they make their shots, they're going to score points. And when they miss their shot, they're going to get a lot of these offensive rebounds. They got, they out rebounded them 40 to 20. I think they just have a, a monster advantage here uh, in terms of the rebounding, get a ton of second chance points. And I think UConn will be motivated too. Hurley has not had a lot of success in big East tournaments. Hasn't won a, a March madness game in the NCAA tournament. I think there's a little pressure on here uh, on UConn and Hurley to at least get to a finals here, win, win a big East tournament, win some games in March madness. So I think they'll be motivated little home court advantage, and I just think it's a good matchup for them.
here on the Lombardi line with VSIN contributor and betting analyst Will Hill at not the Will Hill on Twitter. I'm curious your opinion on this Duke Pitt game. Pitt has been a really good covering team lately, but the number has grown and grown with people back in the Blue Devils here, a team that a lot of people are saying could be similar to how North Carolina was last year, a team that maybe didn't belong making the run that they did in the NCAA tournament that they did. Are you a believer in Duke as this number continues to grow or what's your side? I see the comparisons with Duke and, and UNC from last year, and they have played better recently. I just think this is a lot of points for sort of a neutral court game here. Pitt uh, is going to be motivated. They probably don't feel like they're safely in the tournament by any stretch, and they can score. So, you know, they, they in, in Pitt games, they sort of keep both teams in the game, whether the favorite, the underdog. They couldn't put uh, away Georgia Tech yesterday. That game got closer than it should have been. So they're bad as a favorite, but I like them as a dog. I think they score well enough to hang within this game. I think people are just betting Duke based on reputation a little bit. I know they've played better recently, but to me, uh, there's some sixes out there. I think six is a lot in this game. I like Pittsburgh. Let's switch to Chicago, the United Center, the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Ohio State uh, built a big lead against Wisconsin and then had to hold on in the final minutes, win and covered there. They move on to play Iowa, who an inexplicable loss to Nebraska cost them the two seed. It cost them an extra game in this tournament. Uh, Ohio State comes in here. I was a little surprised at this line at five. It's down to four and a half. You're taking the points with the Buckeyes. Yeah, it got down. I saw some threes this morning, three and a half. Now it's up to four and a half. I think that's a lot of points, and it's funny. You mentioned the Iowa-Nebraska game. I, Nebraska has that great win, and they turn around, and they lose to Minnesota last night. So, boy, just uh, strange. Iowa's one of these teams. They can beat anybody. They can lose to anybody. They play twice in the regular season against Ohio State. Each team won, uh, you know, convincingly on their own home court. So I've just, I've been back in Ohio State a lot in the contest. I bet them yesterday. I think they're much better than their record. I think they're much better than the season they've had. Uh, Sensabaugh is a hell of a player. I think you get a little bit of a quickness advantage here with Ohio State. Iowa doesn't guard anybody. And look, I think sometimes when you underachieve in the regular season, you get to the conference tournament and you can just sort of catch your breath. It's a reset button. It's it's a way to erase a bad season in four or five days. So to me, I was talking about it yesterday. I think Ohio State at 60, 65 to one was an interesting bet to win this whole tournament uh, in terms of the Big Ten. You'd have to win five games in five days, which is a lot. But can they get to, you know, a semifinal or final? I don't think that's impossible. So I think Ohio State's right in this game today. And I, I give them a good shot at an upset here. Will, you've been incredible in Matt Eumann's Friday night contest. You have a two-game lead with 10 picks to go. Two-game lead over Tim Murray, uh, VSIN host of, of Primetime, and Jim Root from the three-man weave. I know VSIN college basketball savant Greg Peterson lurking in the woods as well. But you've had 150 games to choose from and come up with five picks, all played on campus games. Now you switch yeah. the format. The Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament, you only have 16 games to pick from now, and they're neutral sites. How concerned are you with the two-game lead? Uh, look, if you're scared by a dog, I mean, we're picking college basketball <laughs> games. It's not a big deal. I'm going to be betting these games anyway. So if you are uh, if you have anxiety, if you're afraid to lose, if you're afraid to lose money, you're in the wrong business. So, hey, it's competition. I embrace it. It's been a lot of fun. So hopefully I can uh, not pull a Kyle Shanahan. I, hopefully I can run the ball, get some first downs, and get out of here with a win. All right. Let's let's uh, let's not with the 49ers oh, references here. <laughs> Thanks for that, Will. Um, and I was going to say, if you win the thing, just – I expect an invite to the cabana. That's all I'm saying. Okay. We could work. We could work something out for sure. And that was a Falcons deal more than it was a 49ers deal with the Kyle Shanahan and the 28 to three lead. So that I was, know, but it's still my coach. Okay. That's all I'm That's saying. All right. Does he realized he should have challenged the Devonte Smith catch. In the <laughs> NFC oh my gosh. All right. You're done Bye. cut him off. Elliot, get him out of here. Thank you. Will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Will. Will Hill. Just making me aggressive as usual. 
Um, totally unintentional. I know, I but still, yeah. don't get me fired up about my coach making bad decisions. He's done it, He's done enough to me lately. Um, we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we'll get to a little more NFL talk, what some teams may or may not do in the draft, who stood out at the Combine with Josh Edwards, CBS Sports. Next. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of times you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. All right, you guys are in for a treat because even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorizing gaming partner of the NBA. Place an NBA one-game parlay wager with four legs or more, and if you miss a leg, you'll get up to $25 back. Just opt in to this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. With one-game parlay, you can make selections with a single NBA game, including team and player props. Opt into the promo, then place an NBA one-game parlay wager of four legs or more, and you'll get up to 25 bucks back if you miss one leg. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Our guy, Will Hill should be pretty pleased right now with a St. John's 32-20 lead over Marquette with three minutes to go in the first half. Stormy Bonantoni and Mike Palm. Um, Not enough death. points. We need more. We need, <laughs> we although, need more Although we points. got the right team ahead because you expect a comeback here for Marquette. There, yeah, Yes, exactly. You do. Uh, we are excited to <laughs> continue some NFL talk as we bring in Josh Edwards, NFL draft analyst over at CBS Sports at Edwards CBS. Welcome in. Thanks for doing this, Josh. Yeah, of course. It was fun to have everybody kind of interested in the draft this past week. But I have a feeling with free agency coming and college championship week here, uh, I think the draft is going to take the backseat here a little bit. Maybe, but I, you know how these teams, the NFL just likes to poke its head into a lot of different things. And I mean, the NFL is always king, I feel like. It's a year-round enterprise. It really, really <laughs> is. Uh, now that you've had a little bit of time, Josh, to let the combine and everything sink in um obviously there's so many overreactions to certain performances for example what anthony richardson did we all expected to, him to be this dynamic athlete and he did dynamic athlete things um but now that the dust has settled a little bit what were some of your big takeaways from the combine yeah i think it has to start with anthony richardson the athletic performance that he did put on there in indianapolis uh running a 4-4 in the 40-yard dash is just kind of historic for his size at the quarterback position so it was fantastic to see that athletic ability, but you kind of knew that he was that type of an athlete. Um, what I really am curious about is how he performed in those interviews with teams over the course of the week. When they put him up on the board, was he able to identify what they were trying to probably trick him uh, about on, on the whiteboard? Was he able to work through that, show how he would work through his progressions? Did he meet all of the requirements as far as the interview process is concerned? So. If he was able to knock that out of the park, you're talking about a player that is probably the the third quarterback in this class, uh, you know, right there with Will Levis out of Kentucky. But really good week overall. I think we kind of saw the the strengths and weaknesses of the class kind of identify themselves through the course of that week. Josh, I want to talk about the wide receiver class, and we saw a flip in the betting markets. Quentin Hines was the prohibitive favorite to be the first wide receiver taken. That has changed now. Ohio State's uh, Jackson Smith Enigma now the favorite. Did Quentin Hines hurt his stock here at the Combine? And do the wide receivers have the most to gain or lose by their 40 times? I actually don't think Quentin Johnson hurt his stock at all because he's a very big wide receiver. He um, ran really fast. He tested explosive. You kind of saw what you wanted to see from one of those premier boundary wide receivers. Um you know, he's obviously going to have to show a little bit more at his pro day to really assert himself as that top wide receiver. But I think you were really optimistic about what he showed 
in Indianapolis. I thought he caught the ball well during on-field drills, but there's no denying the performance that Jackson Smith and Jigba put on. He was very fleet of foot. He was quick through his routes. All the stuff that we saw from his film for the Buckeyes, I think he kind of asserted himself as one of those top wide receivers in this class and probably moved ahead of Jordan Addison from USC, probably to the point where we're talking about either Johnson or Smith and Jigba being that first wide receiver off the board. The big news that broke uh, out there in Indy was Jalen Carter and the arrest warrant. He had to fly back home to Athens, Georgia, um, before he returned to Indianapolis to do the, the interview portion and some other things down there on site. But a lot of question marks about what that might mean for his draft stock once everything is said and done. How much do you feel that that'll impact who, uh, a player who everybody largely has felt is the best overall athlete in this draft class? I think it may have a little bit of an impact, but I don't think it'll be significant. So you're talking about a range probably anywhere from um, number three to probably number eight there with the Falcons. Uh, Obviously, the quarterbacks and where they are taken is going to be a big part of that conversation as as to where he is picked. But I don't think it's going to have too big of an impact on his stock at the end of the day because he's a fantastic player. Um, I don't want to be insensitive to the situation, but. I don't think that teams are going to hold that against him to the point where he falls into the latter half of the first round. Obviously, the interviews, once he came back, were going to be really important. How did he answer those questions? Mm -hmm. Did he continue to lie about what was, you know, his involvement on that night? Those are the questions that I would like to get to the bottom of. But honestly, to this point, I don't think his stock is going to be affected that much. I'm curious, are they even allowed to, like, ask those questions to him because it's an ongoing investigation? I don't even know. I think he probably has a legal I, right not to answer. <laughs> yeah, I would be I would be very curious to hear if he did have to answer those questions mm-hmm. because I don't know. It is in a private setting, so maybe it's a little bit different in that regard, but certainly something that he's not allowed to talk about publicly at the time. Josh, is there one sleeper you have yeah. your eye on heading into the pro days and through the rest of the draft process? Well, one name that I thought did really well at the NFL Combine was Princeton wide receiver Andre Yoshivas, a player that has great size. He has great speed. He tested explosively. He looked really good during the on-field drills. Uh, A year ago, we saw Christian Watson from North Dakota State. With his combination of size and speed, he rose up the draft boards ahead of draft night. And I think Yoshivas, probably not to the same extreme as Watson a year ago, but a player we're probably going to hear a lot more about on day two, but there's some guys that really have to, uh, you know, reclimate their their stock after what we saw in Indianapolis as well. So kind of curious to see how guys like Clemson's Miles Murphy test to his pro day here uh, in the next couple of weeks. The Seattle Seahawks uh, recently signed an extension to their quarterback, Geno Smith. And so I, I know I was very curious what that meant for them. Clearly a team that was in the quarterback market in the draft prior to signing that deal with Geno Smith. Do they still look to be one of those teams that's in the mix for one of these top tier guys? I think what we really need to see is the guarantees and how they break down. Is this a contract that they can get out of after two years? Um, which is kind of the way that it seems outwardly is that this is more of a short term deal uh, for Geno Smith and something that's going to lock him in long term. Seattle has said that they're still in the quarterback market even after this contract, but at the same time, you wonder if that's just posturing. Are they trying to you know, entice another team to move up in a trade situation to get one of those top quarterback prospects? I think Seattle should take a quarterback. They're saying that they're interested in the quarterback, but how interested? Is this just public posturing, or are they truly interested in the position? I think that's uh, something that's going to be really interesting and something that we can probably learn a little bit more about 
when we see just how Geno Smith's contract breaks down. Josh, do you think you know, the story of Anthony Richardson from 100 to 1 to being around 5 to 1 for the overall top pick and a heavy favorite to go top five and even top three? Is Anthony Richardson a top three quarterback taken this year in this in, in this draft? And what realistic uh, potential is there for him to be the number one overall pick? Yeah, I mean, that's complicated because he's an incredible athlete. But when you look at his ability to read the field, his processing, all of that stuff, it's probably number four among those perceived top quarterback prospects. Uh, for me personally, it's still Alabama's Bryce Young, despite his lack of ideal size. C.J. Stroud from Ohio State had a fantastic combine experience as well. And then Kentucky's Will Levis really acquitted himself well in Indianapolis uh, also. He did well during the on-field portion of the events, but I also heard that he, he uh, interviewed really well over the course of the week. And he's got exposure to a pro-style offense already. So as much ground as Richardson probably made up athletically, I still think it's a little bit of a hurdle to become one of those top three quarterbacks, and especially one of those top two quarterbacks, because at the end of the day, I think Young and Stroud have probably done enough to distance themselves from the others, but I could see a team really being intrigued by his athletic potential um, and his fit in the right team. I mean, Seattle is a great fit, honestly, because you're talking about Geno Smith's contract possibly being short-term now. That's an ideal situation where you have a young player like Richardson with all of the potential in the world possibly coming in and learning behind Smith for a few years. We've got about 45 seconds left with you here, Josh. The Texans are the odds-on favorite as of right now to actually make the pick at number one. Um, who do you see making the pick, and who do they get where things sit right now? I think the Texans have to be in the conversation. I also think the Colts are probably in that conversation. And there's certainly a little bit of added incentive for those two franchises to move up to number one because the reality is if you don't, then the other quarterback that you want is probably going to end up in your division. Um, so if Houston does not trade up to number one, you risk the possibility that Indianapolis swoops into number one and takes the quarterback that they want. Awesome stuff. Appreciate your time, Josh. Anytime. Thank Josh you. Josh Edwards, CBS Sports, doing great stuff over there. And that, what he said about the quarterback, the drop-off after Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I completely agree with. At the end of the day, doesn't matter what I think. just matters what these general managers think. So uh, it'll be fun to see how things play out come April. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. 
Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 